Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments International and ahamomentsworld.com. Tune in for the next hour and learn to trust your AHA Moments to lead the way to live a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments radio show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari, and happy Tuesday. I am actually extra happy because I just got back from the beach, and um, yeah, (laughs) that was a good thing. It's like 75 degrees here, no humidity, no clouds, slight warm breeze, and it was just glistening sunshine on that water. It was just unbelievable. Like this, I call those bliss walks, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about that type of thing. Um, It's interesting because today's show, we are talking all about going beyond intuition and um, how to access hidden messages that are coming your way that you may not necessarily know about. Um, And one of those, the things I did today is I was was just, um, I did a fair amount of work yesterday and then when I got up today, I was just kind of slogging along. It's like, oh God, I've got so much stuff to do. And I was getting myself into a negative spin. Um, You know, when you start arguing with yourself about all the stuff you have to do and then there's all the stuff you don't want to do and then there's the stuff that you do want to do but then you feel guilty about wanting to do the stuff because of all the other stuff you should be doing. So I just said, well, um, I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to. And when I get into that, I've learned intuitively, and we're going to talk, I'm going to teach you how to do this, but I learned intuitively that if I focus on my circumstances and I focus on the situation that's in front of me, I will get myself going in a negative spin. I will get worse and worse because I'll start judging myself and I'll start comparing myself to all the type A people who run around like chickens without a head and do 13 things in an hour and I've just done, you know, not even half of one. And... You know, so you start comparing yourself and you start putting yourself down and then everything seems bad and then you think, well, God, but I should clean the house and, oh, well, you know, maybe you should just... And I just said, you know, okay, how can I choose to take this kind of negative spin and spin it in a better direction that's going to be vibrationally uplifting because if I raise my energy, if I raise my mood you know, which is really not energy, but it's, you know, it's kind of the representation of what your energy is doing at the time. That's what your mood is. Um, if I if I just make a choice to tune in and listen to my intuition and to, um, you know, these other energetic communication abilities that we have, these other sources of information, I'll get what I should do. So I was like, well... Um, should I write a blog article? No. Did I do this? Did I do that? No, no, no. And then I heard go to the beach. And I'm like, I don't usually go to the beach in the middle of the day. I usually go to the beach for sunset. They said, well, it's kind of early. And, and I heard, and I think it's probably, you know, and it's a holiday week, right? Because we had the holiday yesterday, so now everybody's on our beach. <laughs> everybody comes to La Jolla to the beach. And I just said, well, you know what? 
I just heard go to the beach now. Go to the beach now. There'll be a parking space. It'll be easy. You know, just go to the beach. So you just stop everything, go to the beach. So I stopped everything. I got up. I was like, yeah, but I have the show. And they're like, you'll be back in time for the show. Go to the beach. I went to the beach and got a parking space right in my favorite row, right next to the sand. You know, did did my shorter version. I have two walks, a long walk and a short walk. So I was able to do my short walk. I was actually even able to sit down and watch the waves for a while. And as I was walking back, I noticed in the water, I've been doing this visioning uh, for a long time. I've been doing this visioning of walking on paths of gold, where the whole path is gold. And this is this is a great abundance thing that you can do yourself, is that like when I'm walking, even to the grocery store or whatever from the parking lot, I just envision I'm walking on a path of gold. And it's kind of like just an attraction thing, just sort of magnetically attracts money, gold, you know, opportunities and all that. And so I've been playing with that for a long time. But, you know, today I went to that beach and it was a totally different time of day than I normally do, which is a, is a great way to boost your frequency is to do something completely opposite from what you would, your normal routine. That That's a great, quick frequency booster. And um, I took it a different way and all that. And when I said, and I decided instead of just walking on the sand, I pulled my pants legs up and I walked through the water. And as I was walking through the water, I noticed that there was, it was like all of the sand as I was walking through the water was completely covered in gold dust. Like it was like gold dust was all the way down the beach. And I'm looking and I'm like, whoa, what is that? Oh my gosh, this is just my eyes are, you know, reflection. And it wasn't. It was that there was flecks of gold in the sand, you know. And, you know, I'm sure if you're, you know, an intellectual or an analytical, you'll say, oh, that's just crushed whatever from the sea, earth, and whatever. The point is that it was the symbol, symbolism of it is that you are walking on paths of gold. And I allowed myself to be in that energy of these magnificent waves and the surfers and all of these people who clearly it's Tuesday and the beach is packed. They're not particularly working, worried about working either, so they're in a state of abundance. If you're out on the beach in La Jolla and San Diego on a Tuesday, you know, you know, you're not, you're probably doing okay. And so it was just like a really, really abundant day. So beach and it cost absolutely nothing for me to go there. So I just took that in, and I just said, you know, and I was, you know, I looked at the clock, and of course I had to go get back up the hill to come back and do the show, but. I thought about it as I was on my way back that I wanted to talk to you guys about this because this is what I mean when I say operate from your energy first, not your intellect, not your logic. Operate from your energy first because the the mood I was in was not going to get any kind of flow for my work. I wasn't going to be able to tap into those intuitive energies. I wasn't going to be able to tap into the telepathic energies. These other things I'll talk to you about. I was going to be kicking and screaming and twisting and turning through the tasks that I needed to get done. And I tuned in and I heard, okay, of all these tasks that I have to do, what should I do first? And I heard, go to the beach. And I actually honored that. And this is what I want to bring up with you today is in my book, The Aha Factor, I go through the whole system of, you know, all of this, your energetic communication systems. But um, so if you want the real in-depth version, obviously the book is, is great and for that, you know. I'm um, getting awesome feedback from the book too, so thanks 
all of you who read it and are, you know, letting me know how you feel about it. Um, people really focus on is intuition, right? And a lot of people say, oh, well, I already have, you know, intuition is from the 60s. I know about the, I know about intuition already, you know, and it's haphazard and everything. But intuition is really the way that you receive information from the energetic version of you that's not in your body. It literally, you know, we have we're these physical bodies like a symbol. A portion of our true energetic self, our true self is in the body. The rest of our true self is outside of our body, helping our body, our physical beingness to navigate the world while we're here. And the language that swings back and forth between the energetic version of us and the part of us that's in our physical form is intuition. That's a language. It's something you want to become fluent in. It's something you want to invest time and energy and money in figuring out how to learn how to do this because it is, you're born with it. It's not a special gift, as people try to say. It is a, a birthright. You're born with it, just like you're born with, you know, your ability to walk and speak and touch and taste and feel and all those other senses. And it it was specifically put in place so that you could keep yourself safe, so that you'd be kept safe, so that you would be able to um, communicate and receive support and help on whatever it is that you were up to, and also so that you could become aware of your own personal gifts, your own things that you're here to contribute, your own life purposes, your own purposes, that's plural. Everybody thinks they have one life purpose, it's purposes, okay? Your intuition is there to give you the guidance that you need. Now, that's the basic part. But, um, you know, society has gotten very focused on asking, right? So all of the formal religious religions teach us how to pray, how to ask, how to get favor from this being on the, from the great beyond, you know, and then, then they add in other beings like saints and Moses and all those other people, and, you know, and, and it's always about asking and asking and being good and asking and being good and asking and being good. And mirror is, you know, a child, right, where you're dependent on a parent and the parent has to say yes or no and you have to keep making that parent happy and looking like that parent and smiling like that parent so they keep seeing themselves in you and then the parent's happy and then then your life gets better because the parent gives you stuff, you know. And if you piss the parent off, then your life gets worse because then they take away your iPhone and your iPad and your iPhone and your iPad, right? So we start to think that this God is a parent and universal energy, infinite intelligence, spirit, God, Jesus, and all of these other beings, powers of be, are not parents, soul figures, and they don't respond and act like parental figures, and nor is it their purpose to be a parental figure, okay? And so there were put in place these languages, these abilities, these energetic communication abilities, because they know God, energy, spirit, knew that the majority of you is not in physical form anyway. And if that goes for you, that goes for everybody else. You know what's happening on the whole energetic plane while all of us physical, we're doing all this physical stuff? There's like, if only like, let's say, um, you know, 5% of us is in a body and then this other 95% is not in the body but it's navigating outside of the body, telling the body what to do so we can have more of a physical experience. Can you imagine if 
all these millions upon millions upon millions of people are billions of people are all 95% energy, wouldn't it make sense that there would be a communication system between them that's energetic? Yeah, yeah. And that's called telepathy. Oh, my God, that's a terrifying word. I was interviewed, not interviewed, my book was reviewed by Publishers Weekly. And this was back in the summer. And the, the reviewer, um, just he, he didn't really review the book. He just talked what the, about what the book had in it. And he, clearly he wasn't like a spiritual person or whatever. And he said, at the, end of, at the very end of the review, he says, and if you happen to be scared of the words, you know, I'm paraphrasing, telepathy and channeling, that this book might not be for you. Like, it's basically, I mean, unless you can, you know, unless you're a big woo-woo new ager, this might not be the book for you. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it was said like that, and it couldn't be further from the truth, because I think there's two mistakes that happened with this book, and I kind of already knew that this was going to happen. I knew this was going to be, like, part of the my challenge for marketing a book. One is that people are going to get concerned that it was, you know, basic intuition stuff that everybody knows already because, you know, the subtitles, how to use your intuition. Um, and two, that if they got too deep into it, they were going to see it as a new age boo-boo book and it's not that at all. It's really meant to help you to reconnect to all of your own energetic faculties since 95% of you is energy anyway. And we need our physical world is getting faster and we want things to come more easily and we want to stop the schlepping and the slogging and the the binning and the exhaustion and the you know the the analysis of the, of each other and of the people and we want to have you know live with greater ease because when you have greater ease then you can receive you know, information on what gifts you have within you to provide to the world. And you can have deeply loving and intimate relationships, both physically and emotionally and spiritually and energetic with a significant other. And you can have, you know, work that you love and a home that you that nourishes your soul and living, you know, in a place where, you know, you can you can have paradise. You know, you don't have to fly to paradise. You live in paradise. You can have all these things. That you, your biggest goals and your biggest dreams can come to fruition so easily when you operate primarily from that 95% of you that's energy and then you acknowledge and live, of course, in your physical body and enjoy your physical life, but you don't disenfranchise yourself from the majority of who you are. And when you reconnect, consciously, when you let your physical mind open and you learn these systems of energy, of these energetic communication systems, and you start to allow them to um, take form in your world, and just just by recognizing them, you start to get more of it. Because they're on already anyway. Not a matter of, oh wait, I've got to get up to the show with Mari and go find the switch to turn all this on. It's already on. I'm just going to help you to recognize what it looks and sounds like. So then you can say, oh, that wasn't a coincidence. That wasn't a hunch. That wasn't a, a, a schizophrenic voice. That was my whatever, telepathy, channeling, intuition. Okay? You know, we have to, in order to, for people to receive the information, especially as a, a new thought leader, we have to kind of water things down a lot so that people don't reject it, so that's that 
you know, 5% of physical vitality doesn't reject what we're saying. So they, it, it allows it to sort of at least be considered before it intellectually kicks it out. And then it wants all kinds of evidence so to prove that it's real before we'll adopt it into our world. And when you're dealing with energetic stuff, there's a tremendous amount of proof that it's on. But most of us are looking for what our physical mind would consider to be physical, tangible proof as opposed to what our energetic selves know. So the first, you know, I'm not going to go into too deeply into intuition, but just so you know, intuition is broken down into four basic categories. Um, clairvoyance, which is a, an energetic sight, so kind of like deja vu. Clear audience, which is energetic hearing. So like if you hear lyrics to a song in your head, you pay attention to them. They usually have a message. Um, there's energetic knowing, which is called clear cognizance. And then there's energetic feeling, which is clear sentience. So that gut feeling, that you know, mother's intuition, that type of thing. Um, or the guy, I've heard guys, what was it, guys? Your guy feeling. So the guys now are starting to take over their um, ability to be intuitive and call it the gut, their guy feeling. Like, you know, instead of gut feeling, their guy feeling, which I thought was really great. I thought it was one of the men's magazines. That's, that's very cool. And so, because they have it as much as women, um, but they've been trained to be logical and, you know, there's, their upbringings are just don't really give them a whole lot of permission to tune into that other than, you know, trust your gut, man, trust your gut, you know, follow your gut, you know, what's your gut say, what's your gut say? But there's not that softness around it, that sort of releasing because there's so much of, you know, power and control when it comes to to the the male, the masculine, you know, rearing of the masculine being. So so that kind of slows them down a bit. But it's not that it's not there because the whole point is of these energetic faculties is so that you can continue to stay in touch with the totality of you. So if um, so, you have these four clairs, and they're always operating. And then they're also, um, like I said, intuition swings back and forth between your energetic self and your the part of you that's physical. And so, it would make sense then that um, there's if you're going to talk to somebody. Right, you have two parties, and the energetic version and the physical version. That there's a piece on both sides of the fence that participates in the conversation. So you have the energetic senses, the four clairs that I just described, and then you have the physical senses that respond to the energetic sense. So the second part of that an intuitive hit or aha moment or whatever we call this, I call it the anatomy of the aha moment. The second part is a physiological response to an energetic sense. Why? Because then both of you are participating. The energetic version of you is participating with the four players and the physical version, the physiological version of you, your body is participating with its responses. So that would be goosebumps, chills, uh, you know, a sense of, you know, butterflies in your stomach. Uh, feeling of lightness, a feeling of heaviness, a tightness in the chest, a tightness in the back, a tightness in the neck. And that's more of the negative stuff. Or a feeling of lightness, a feeling of like a whoosh, kind of a lifting feeling. These all, all these physiological senses um, are part of the intuitive process. They come right after you get an energetic hit. So it, your body is saying, your body's in on this already. 
we have a tendency to get very caught up in our physical bodies, what they look like, and we disenfranchise them like they don't have a, 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 their own psychic intelligence. But they're enormous psychic antennas, and they're very intelligent. And if you listen to them from a a uh, energetic perspective, they will tell you, I want to be on this diet. I don't want this substance. I do want this substance. Um, I need salt, I need sugar, I need water, I don't need salt, I don't need more sugar, I don't need more water, I need, you know, beef, I don't need beef, you know, I I, I, I want to be a vegan today, well, I don't want to be a vegan on Thursday, you know, your body will tell you what it desires and requires, your body will tell you when it's off, when it's not feeling well, when it's not feeling vibrant, it'll let you know. So all of this intuitive stuff has a physiological counterpoint, you know, partner. And then the third part of that intuitive process is your environment, okay? So everything whispers. All of the world whispers. Everything. I don't care if it's your computer, your lamp, you know, I'm looking around my office, your animals, the plants and everything. They all have sentience. They all, everything whispers. Everything will give you uh, indications of things, of where your vibration is at. You're influencing everything with your vibration. Everything is energy. So your environment is connected to your intuitive process as well. And so you have your energetic senses, which is your clairs, the four clairs we just talked about. We have the physiological body participating in a conversation with those four clairs. And then your environment also participates in that conversation, and that's why it brings you signs, symbols, and synchronicities. Right? So you think it's a coincidence? Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I was thinking this way. I was like, really, you know, uh, it had these, you know, really positive thoughts for a while. Oh, my gosh, now I'm getting this deal coming through and that, that situation is coming forward and this is showing me this and that's showing me that. Oh, my goodness. This, you know, I just saw, uh, you know, three cards in the make and model that I wanted, all of it, you know, that I was visiting the other day and I was all excited about the vision and then, oh, my gosh, here they are coming up, you know, all lined up. That's your environment responding energetically to your intuitive faculties. It's part of the intuitive process because everything is sentient, everything is energy, everything is responsive, everything responds to you. So when you're cursing your computers and your car and hating your old car because you want a new car, you probably don't want to do that (laughs) because um, you can influence how it runs. I have had... Um, I remember when I was working in Washington, D.C., many years ago, I would have to drive from New Jersey to Washington, D.C. every week. And um, I had a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee, which was my beloved Jeep Grand Cherokee. And she broke down on the way home from, you know, and it was like a 300-mile trip. And I said to her, I called her Moet. That was her name. I said, Moet, listen. You got you got to turn back on. You you, can, you can't break down here. It does not do us any good. <laughs> I said I need you to turn back on, and you, I'm going to drive you straight to Dave. Dave is I called the mechanic, Uncle Dave, because it was an older you know truck at that point. I'd had it for ten years, probably seven years by the time. And I said we're going to drive you right to Uncle Dave. We're going to go from the 95 straight to the mechanic. We're not even going to go home first because he'll drive me home. I'm going to drive you straight to the mechanic. And I just sat there and I just said, please, you got to turn on. And the thing turned on. And I got all the way back to Dave the Mechanic. It was like two hours. I got back to Uncle Dave the Mechanic and, he, and I, the car literally like broke down in the parking lot. 
And he looks at me, and I'm like, oh, my God. He said, and I had called him along the way, and he, looked, he said, let me look and see what's going on in this car. And he goes, I don't know how you got home because, like, the spark plugs had burned out. Like, there was something that, like, wasn't even connected, so the car should not have gone anywhere. It's more or less 100-something miles, you know. And he goes, boy, you, you, you must be magical or something. And I said, yep, pretty much, you know. And, but it was the sentience. It was, it was recognizing the sentience. Now, you can, you know, make whatever you want of the story. But if you allow yourself to just consider it, contemplate it, your environment will start to give you evidence of these types of things because it behooves all of the energy that's not in your body to have you believing it in your body. So they're always trying to prove to you that all this stuff, you know, is for real. And, you know, it makes absolutely no sense for you to work so hard that you're working yourself to the bone when you've got all this energetic, of, of you know, all these energetic abilities at your disposal. This, I can guarantee you, I shouldn't say guarantee because I could probably get in trouble with the FCC or whatever. But I, okay, I can say that in my experience, with thousands of clients, um, that if you start paying attention to this stuff, you are going to see some major shifts and you are going to see your to-do list shrink because you'll start to work from energetic alignment first. So when I'm talking about beyond intuition, so that was the, you know, your three pieces of, that make up the intuitive process is your, your four clairs, your energetic senses, in combination with your physiology, in combination with your environment, make, makes up your intuitive sense, your intuitive ability, okay? Uh, intuitive communication system. Now let's move on to telepathy because that intuitive situation is really for you, you and the greater physical aspect of it. But if we have all these people who are just mostly in energetic form to begin with, wouldn't it make sense that we have a language so that they can interact with each other? Oh, yes, that's telepathy. Telepathy is an inborn inborn skill, an ability to non-verbally communicate with others who are in a body. That means you can non-verbally communicate with other people, animals, plant life, okay? And anything that's sort of in a, in a case, so I say a case meaning a plant is in its case, right? A plant has a body, a plant also has energy. It has sentience to it. So, um, so you can telepathically, meaning energetically, communicate, non-verbally communicate with each other. One of the first ways that we learn this is when we have kids that can't talk. Mothers get this very quickly. They can tell what that kid needs, not just by the crying and the smell of a poopy diaper or whatever, but they can look at the kid and say, something's not, something's not right. The kid's fine to the naked eye. Somebody doesn't have kids and be like, okay, it's fine. And like, mm-hmm. no. Or they know their kid didn't have a good day at school. Kids still at school. They didn't get a call from the nurse. They didn't get a call from the guidance counselor. They didn't get a call from the teacher. They just said, you know, little, little Tommy didn't have a good day today. I had a feeling. It's because all day Tommy is getting bullied and Tommy is crying out, wow, I, you know, I wish I had my mom here. I wish I had my parents here because I'm getting bullied or something. And as soon as that kid gets off that bus, you're running through the door saying, Tommy, what's going on? 
what happened? Feel like something happened. You know, there's part of that you would want to say that's your intuitive energy. It's actually telepathic energy. Okay, so it's the energy that he's communicating to you. Now, the way it works is that they usually, people usually communicate telepathically with sending a vision of something. When I was teaching my kids, I used to have a class for kids. We would do all kinds of exercises. The way that you send a message telepathically is to, well, there's a couple of ways, but um, it's to think, to see yourself in a scene with that person over and over again. So, like, for instance, you're in the house and you're kind of working and your husband is at work and, um, you know, he always kind of stops the grocery store on the way home and gives you a text, you know, wouldn't mean anything from the store. And today you just want Starbucks. You just want Starbucks. You keep thinking, you know, I should stop everything and just go to Starbucks. And no, you know what, if I stop Starbucks, if I go stop now, go to Starbucks, and I'll lose my flow, and I'll lose my place, what I'm doing, you know. Gosh, you know, I wish Dave would bring home some Starbucks. That would be so helpful. But, you know, maybe I should text him and tell him to stop. And, nah, you know what, I won't. You know what, I won't have the Starbucks because, you know, I don't want to put him out of his way. He's, you know, he's got a lot going on. He's going to meet with his golf buddies tonight. I don't want to, you know, slow him down. He walks through the door and he's got a Starbucks for you. And it's one for himself because, hey, you know, going out with my buddies tonight, didn't you know, I had a long day, want to wake myself up a little bit, stop at Starbucks and, you know, figured, hey, you might want your latte, you know. If you don't want it now, you can have it in the morning and it's one less thing for you to do. And you go and, like, jump and throw your legs around and really say, thank you, <laughs> thank you for my Starbucks, right? But can you think, oh, it's a coincidence. Oh, what a loving husband I had. And then you have been visually, telepathically sending this message, seeing yourself, you know, with the Starbucks. Because essentially, if you're craving something like that, you're probably seeing it, you're smelling it, you're tasting it, you're thinking about the result you'll have once you slurp down that, that latte. Okay? All of that is telepathic signal. Okay? So you're telepathically talking to him. And he's picking it up. I can tell you that telepathy between people who've had sex goes up. <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but it's true. There's an in, there's a connection. Your body's connected at a deeper level. I'm not saying you have to have sex with somebody to have telepathic communications, obviously. You know, and they don't have to be your flesh and blood either, by any means. You know, but I I'm starting there because those are the people that you probably can relate to quickly. But also, you can be thinking about your boss. And here's another one. If you're having a, a rough time with your boss um, and you start having those conversations in your head, I'm going to kick that woman's ass. <laughs> you know? I hate this lady. And you in your head, you're like start seeing yourself telling her off, even though you're not physically planning to do it in person. But you're seeing yourself, you know, you're telling her off and this is what you should have said and this is what you wish you had said and this is what you're going to say the next time if it comes up and this is how you're going to head it off at the path. This is how you're going to go over her head to her boss and this is what the next thing is going to say. And you're spinning and then you get on the phone and you talk to your friend about it and you start role-playing with your friend about how you're going to... Do you know that you're telepathically telling her all of that? So then when she comes in and she's got an attitude towards you and you, you haven't even done anything, I don't know why this bitch has an attitude towards me. I don't know why. And it's because 
you've been cursing her out all night, and she telepathically is receiving that energy. You didn't even have to utter a word. Same thing goes for when you're in a relationship with someone or want to be in a relationship with someone. I get this a lot when I get do readings, um, especially on the call lines when I do readings for the um, Bubbles' directory that I'm on. People call because they're going to call for a one-minute reading or three-minute reading or whatever. And they want to know about the boyfriend. And they want to know about the boyfriend. They want to know exactly what he's thinking, why is he thinking, how does he feel about me, when is he going to call me, when is he going to, you know, uh, do what I want him to do to make me happy. Uh, is he going to leave the other woman? Is he with another woman? Is it, you know, all of this. And when I say, you know, you need to let this go, give it some space, he says, oh, no, I have let it go. I'm just talking to you about it. But you realize if you're calling a, a line, you're paying $9 a minute or $5 a minute or whatever, you're investing, you're not only thinking about it, but you're investing money in it. And you're looking for answers, and then you're spinning and analyzing. And I've had people stay on the phone with me for 45 minutes analyzing, well, okay, so he said this, so what does that mean? Okay, well, do you think he's thinking that? And they want me to be him. They want me to sort of step into his head and talk to him, them as if it was him. And I, you know, and I usually cut those calls short, and I tell them, listen, I prefer that you go spend this money on a new dress. <laughs> go spend this money on something else. Because you are literally churning the energy and you are sending this guy away with your thoughts. Men run like hell when they feel, they can feel the intensity of your energy. You don't have to say a word. And women, because women for the most part do a lot of talking, I'm doing this, you know, heterosexual and all this, but you can, you know, adjust this as you need to adjust. People in general uh, can feel thoughts, okay? And they may not ever necessarily know that. But if you are spinning out on someone and you're doing that whole role-playing thing in your head, the best one, when when we say, okay, let it go, that doesn't just mean stop texting, stop stalking them on Facebook, stop stalking them on Twitter and Instagram, stop we're going by their house. That means to energetically disengage. And in fact, you could do the physical stuff, but if you weren't energetically engaged, that person isn't going to feel the tightness of that energy. So for instance, let's say the guy that you would like to be in a relationship with, but you're not in a relationship with or whatever at this time, you know, his, his house is along the way to work. And you've disengaged now. You're kind of like, maybe even into somebody else. So you just literally have stopped the energy of thinking about this guy. You can go back and forth past his house every day and it won't matter. But if you're, you know, you got your teeth locked down on when he's going to do what he's supposed to do because you stopped texting him and you're doing the whole I gave him space thing and he's not, you know, behaving the way you want, your energy telepathically is telling, is literally yelling at him. And they can feel that. And that's where they get further and further and further and further away. So even in, you know, intimate relationships or the want for that relationship, you know, being energetically, and listen to this phrase, energetically independent, as important, if not more important, than being financially independent or emotionally independent or physically independent. 
because everything starts with energy. 95% of you is energy anyway. So if you're energetically codependent, you know, you hear, and you can always hear it when somebody's energetically codependent. That person says, oh, it just makes me so happy. I'm just like, I just, he just, he just makes me happy. I don't ever want it to stop. How do I keep it the same as it's been? It's like you have this energetic feeding tube in that person. So what you want to do is, it's not that you don't want to be happy with the person that, you know, you don't want, you know, of course we all want those blissed out feelings that should happen when you're in a relationship. But the codependency on it, you know, just like, you know, when you say, okay, I'm going to get my own money and I'm going to, you know, create my own way for myself, you have to create your own energetic way as well. So telepathy is very, very, very powerful. It's very real. It's in place for a reason. Um, it's in place for safety. You know, there you know, there was a time when there was no text messaging, no Instagram, and not even the Pony Express, and you know, whole tribes of people had to communicate with each other and people could sense danger. The Native Americans know this quite well. Indigenous societies, the Aboriginal societies know this quite well. One of the reasons why all this, you know, you're 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 walking around and there's a cougar behind you, and you start to feel something, and the hair on the back of your neck goes up, and you haven't seen anything yet, but you're feeling something in the energy. You can feel a storm coming on. You can sense these things. Okay, so uh, you want to know that this is something that's been there for eons. It's part of the package of being human is to have this energetic package. The next piece of this um, energetic communication system is what we call um, channeling. And it's the ability to get downloads. I'm using these phrases just so it's easier to understand because just for the sake of time. So our ability to get, let's say, packages of information, contextual information that we haven't known before, been exposed to before in an energetic way and then translate into some sort of physical communication. So, for instance, uh, in, you know, regular working life, you have scientists that come up with different hypotheses or somebody who comes up with a cure or an invention, okay? Inventions are interesting because, like, there's a gal uh, who made the, the, that purse organizer, I think Jen Gruber is the one who did it, uh, that purse organizer or the topsy tail, you know, these women who come up with these ideas and, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, everybody needs one. Everybody, you know, because she came up with an idea, well, you know, I can't organize my purse. I wonder if other people, you know, can't organize their purse either. I'm going to come up with an invention for this. Well, you could maybe give her intellects of credit for looking at her own situation and saying, well, maybe other people. But really what happens when you get an idea like that, what happens is, you are telepathically hearing every woman out there who's struggling with the organization of her purse say, gosh, you know, what am I going to do with this purse? Oh, it's making me crazy. I'm late now because I couldn't find my keys and there were bottles with crazy pocketbooks and I thought they were on the other side of the house, you know, all that. You, every time somebody is stressed out in their own personal life, in their own private world, people you have no idea who they are, they can be on the other side of the world, every time they put it out onto the energetic energetically, telepathy in their thought. I really need a solution for this. And that thought goes out on the grid and it hits someone who has the capacity in their little bank of, of gifts that they came in with to contribute 
their little catalog of contributions they came in to contribute, that yearning from those however many thousands of people, or even one person, but that yearning hits all the people who have the ability to fix it in their catalog of contribution. Okay, so all of your purposes are like a catalog of contribution. And then all of the people out there who could potentially benefit from that contribution light up on the grid as they start to find they're missing what you have. And that's when you get the inspiration. And if you put hyphens in, hyphen spirit, hyphen shun. Okay? So there's this internal uh, movement from spirit to get you to do go into your catalog of contribution, which means your talents and your capacities and your faculties to be able to deliver something that can be the solution to these various people who are in need of it. Okay? So this is telepathy. Now, the telepathy is the method, I need this solution. The channeling comes in and how do I build a solution for to answer what these people need for that inspiration. So she says, okay, well, let me build a prototype. She says, well, you know, there's two things I can use. I can either use those um, things that go in cardboard boxes, like when you're moving and you have glass and you have glasses and they, they, those, those inserts you put into the cardboard boxes so you can put the glasses and they're stacked up. And they kind of make them smaller squares within the big square of the, of the box. Then there's also, you know, the six-pack soda cans. They have the those round plastic that keep them together as a six-pack. So those are two two pieces that could be inspiration for or a basic guide for this insert that goes into the purse. For her to think of that, for her to think about, okay, so how do, you know, that makes sense because these are compartmentalized and how do, what measurement should it be and how would this work and should it be in different colors and what's it, you know, and, and different materials and what fabric and how do the, and who are the people going to help me out? That's when you get the channeling. Okay, because she says, well, you know, I have this dilemma, and it just feels strong like other people have it too. I don't know why, but I just feel like maybe I'm, I want to do this. How would I do this? When as soon as you say, how would I do it? That's when the packet of channeled information comes, and you feel like you get into a flow. You feel like all of a sudden you know how to do something you didn't know how to do it before, but all of a sudden you have these hunches, and then it's boom, 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 boom. Now, all of this starts to mix in with the intuition stuff that we talked about earlier because the intuition now, to bring this full circle, the intuition lets you know yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. She says, oh, should I use the soda clamp thing? No. Oh, should I use the thing for the box? Yes. That I would use it when I'm moving? Yes. That's your intuition is telling you. You're getting goosebumps. You're getting a kind of a eh feeling about the plastic thing, but you're getting a ding, ding, ding feeling about the cardboard thing. Okay, so should this be made of cardboard? No. No, not obviously, because it's not going to last long. Okay, so what should this be made out of? Well, maybe some sort of fabric that's overlaid over cardboard, has flexibility, but it has some structure, you know, blah, blah, blah. So she starts, so all the ideas that you start to come up with from that channel packet are being vetted out by your intuition because the channel information is now going to be influenced by your mental mind, right? So the mental mind might say, you're getting all this energetic information. And remember, you can listen to this podcast again. I'm really actually this is like teaching like a full-on class. It's no longer like a radio show, but I, you know, we're on a roll. Um, you get all this channeled information, right? 
and you're getting these intuitive hits, you're getting the goosebumps, you're getting the chills, you're feeling like, oh, my God, this is great, I could do this thing, this would be great, the inset in the bag, oh, my God, this is being important, and you start to get visions of what it would be, you know, on QVC, and you're making a gazillion dollars a minute, and blah, blah, blah. Then you know, the CVSs and the Walgreens all over the thing and the Asbeans on TV section and the Adidas. You get your check. You're like Jessica Simpson. You're a billionaire. You got all these things. Well, that's where your intuition and your energy know. That's the load. That's that's the expectation. That's the reward for all of this, for honoring that, you know, call for something in your catalog of contribution. But then your mental mind comes in and says, you know what? If this is so easy, wouldn't somebody have done it already? I bet you somebody's done it. Uh, you know what? I, well, where would I ever get the money to do that? Okay, once I have this job and once I do this and that, then maybe I'll get the money and maybe I could someday do something like that. But in the meantime, I really don't, you know, I don't know how I would do that. So I need to go to make money somewhere and figure out how to get the money. And then sometimes, and that's where we have the drama of human beingness is that our mental mind hijack us because we're not educated enough in our energetic capacity. Okay? So our mental minds get in the way. Now, what the mental mind is there for is to say, okay, wow, how cool is that? I get such good feelings about it. I give all these intuitive hits. I'm feeling like, you know, telepathically there's a bunch of women out there and think, you know what, how about this? How about we do a survey and say to, you know, a particular subsegment of women, do you ever have problems with your, your pocketbook being disorganized? Do you think if I, you know, did something like this that it would be a good idea and get some feedback? The idea to do a survey comes from the intellect because it's trying to make all of this energetic stuff come forward in a physical way. But that's how it works in conjunction with the intuition and the energy. The way it cannibalizes, which is, you know, I hate to say it in most cases, <laughs> unless you're energetically fluent, the way your your physical mind cannibalizes uh, your inspiration, your energetic faculties, is it starts to put up barriers. I've got to have all this money first before I can do this. Okay. Now, sometimes you do need money, obviously, to make you know big lots of things or whatever. If you've got the big thing from on high energetically that you're feeling it, then the question you need to ask is, in the energy, you know, what are my resources that are available to me to bring this to fruition? And start to ask the right questions instead of immediately derailing yourself with all the things you don't have to get it done. Okay? And it's all how you perceive it. All right? So um, I'm going to stop here with that. But I hope that what this has done is it's opened your mind a bit. Remember... All of the world whispers. Sometimes it screams and yells and kicks you, <laughs> kicks you in the butt, too, right? You haven't been listening, and it, you know, all of a sudden, like, something big happens. But all the world whispers. You have all of these faculties. You are communicating with everything, including the weather. You ever notice how people get all hysterical over the weather, and then all of a sudden you get this huge storm? And then people say, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. This is what's happened on the East Coast. One degrees last, you know, three days ago. They're all calling me. 
Oh my God! And everybody's putting pictures of their cell phones thing in their their car temperature things. It's nine degrees below. It's twenty five degrees below. They put up all the bottles. Then everybody's like, I can't, I can't take the cold anymore. I've had it. I can't take it. It's horrible. Oh my God! And everybody up and down the East Seaboard is hysterical over how cold. So then, that collective consciousness and all of its power and glory jumps, communicates with the weather. Now the weather's fifty seven degrees. <laughs> Oh my God! How can it have gone from one to fifty-seven? It's gone fifty-seven degree swing in twenty-four hours. Ah, ah, ah. Well, you know the energetic grid is super powerful right now, and when you have a tremendous amount of focus and emotion, which is the fuel, the lighter fluid, be it good or be it bad, focus and emotion, you're creating. You can manage the weather. You can influence the weather, and you do influence the weather. You know, when everybody in California is hysterical over the drought and a whole lot of people start focusing on the the, the, the weather, then we have like these monsoons. And then everybody think people are dying, things are sliding off the hill, the landslides, the flood, they're always, oh, stop the rain, you can't, I, you know, I can't take it, I get I, I to eat the house on the hill, okay, then the rain stops. It's fascinating. The shamans do it all the time. You know? The Native Americans did it all the time. Where do you think the word rain dance came from? It's not, you know, the name of a song. It's just, it was a process. Because when you understand that you're 95% energy and everything else is energy too, and everything has consciousness, everything has sentience, and everything is responding to each other through these various systems of communication, everything is influencing every other thing. Then you add in all the parallel realities and the other things we've been talking about in the weeks leading up to this, and you really have a pretty dynamic situation going on. Most important thing to remember, and then I'm going to take some calls, but the most important thing to remember is that you always have choice. And this is where people really fall down because they think, oh, I don't have a choice. I've got to get this. I don't have a choice. You always have choice. Today, I made a choice, you know, I could have gone through a whole lot of tasking. I had, there was a meeting I could have gone to earlier today, and I just, just didn't feel right. I wasn't really up for dealing with people this morning. Um, just didn't feel right. I'm sure it was a great meeting. I'm sure it was a great talk. It just didn't feel right. And then there were other tasks on the to-do list, and eh, and I started to spin out about it, and I put myself down for it, and my mental mind started to get the best of me, and all I heard was go to the beach. And I went to the beach, and that's why I can do this show now. I know it would have been a very different show if I hadn't gone to the beach, right? So pay attention. Give yourself permission to trust yourself. Get yourself fluent in these faculties. The more, the closer you are to fluent, the easier it gets. Imagine going to Italy and being fluent in Italian versus having to carry a little book around or, God forbid, have to ask people to tell you which way to go. Or pray that everybody speaks English, which you know, most particularly people do. But, you know, you, you get the point. You go to uh, China or Japan or one of these places and it's not, you know, it's easier to be fluent, right? You're going to go buy real estate in, in, in Russia. Don't you think it would be easier to negotiate that contract in Russian than it would be in English? It's the same thing with your energy. This is a language that you need to invest your time and your energy in, into, you know, some serious time into mastering, and most of it is just a matter of noticing in your world. So um, I hope that's helped, and let's go ahead and take a few callers. If you've been on the line, the number 
Actually, to call in, I can I see a lot of you have been. We have a lot. This is a big show today. Um, the boards are all lit up. But if you wanted to call in, the number is three four seven two one five nine four eight five, and uh, Sam will pick up the phone and put you in the queue to talk to me. Um, okay, so we are going to go to the first caller. If you have been waiting on the line vacuuming and doing other things, please come back to the phone. So if I open the line, and you're, that you are actually there. All right. So the first person that we are going to talk with um, is Heather. Wait, let me see. Where are you, Heather? Heather in Toronto. Let's see here. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, good. What's your question? Um, I was wondering if you could give me a really reading on my relationship. What is the specific question? Um, well, we've been going through a rough patch lately, and we're trying to work on getting back together, and I just was wondering how it was going to go. Mm, it feels, well, it, I mean, this is all up to you, how it will go just based on where your focus is, but it feels very much like um, uh, there's going to be uh, kind of a, 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 there's a distance there. There's definitely a distance there, and it definitely feels like this is a time for you to sort of step back and, um, you know, just like what we were talking about early in the show, it's really a time for you to step back and to let this go in your thoughts just let it go and give it some space and some breather because you've been putting a tremendous amount of energy on it and it has kind of a, they're showing me heavy storm clouds. Um, So I would feel, it just feels to me like you're going to have, you know, a separation for a while. You know, whether you get back together or not, this is really kind of a a turning point for you. Um, It's going to be up to you, but it just feels like for now, probably in the next three to six months, this is going to be a separation. So I hope that's helpful. Okay. I'm going to jump to the next person, and I'm wishing you all the best with that. Um, okay, next we have uh, Patty in Maine. Let's see. Oh, there you are. Hi, Patty. Hi, Mari. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Good. I'm on What's chapter 12. Well, it's, <laughs> you hit on a lot of it because I think part of it was the weather today, but mm-hmm. it was I woke up this morning, I did my meditation, you know, I watched the birds on the bird feeder, I got to work, and I just got this sick feeling in my stomach mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was just emails with, you know, I just wanted to call it like vomit. And everyone was vomiting today. There's people, I work in a hospital, so everyone's got the flu and colds, and they come in sick, and then they go home sick after they realize mm-hmm. they can't work. But mm-hmm. just to how do you get rid of that low energy of everybody being sick and dumping on you? I felt like I got slimed today. The minute I got home been What have you been sliming yourself? For yourself, have you been putting yourself down lately? Have you been kind of down on your own self well, over the last like last month, not just today, but over the last month? Uh, because generally, that kind of thing um, 
you can always tell what your vibration is doing by kind of the dominant behavior of people around you because they're kind of reflecting something, okay? So mm-hmm. um, I notice, like, you know, sometimes I'm driving and everybody's letting me into their lane and they're giving me a thumbs up and, you know, they're being kind and I'm like, oh, okay, we're in a good space. You know, vibration's kind of in a good place today. And then, you know, I might be really pissy or, you know, kind of going backwards in my belief in myself or whatever and then all of a sudden people start to be mean or cut you off or you get the bad cashier or, you know, the cranky boss, you know, whatever. <laughs> the cranky person or whatever. So what you want to do is just, there's two things. One is... Uh, you can do energy clearing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best ways I like to do that is to take a hot salt bath, sea salt, Epsom salt, um, and baking soda combination, and that's an arc field arc cleanser, and mm-hmm. it really does work wonders on um, on your environment, sort of starting to clean out. Um, you'll feel a lot lighter, and you'll also be able to recognize what's yours and what belongs to someone else, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff you're feeling isn't yours. You're just taking it on. It feels like you're an empath, so you're kind of taking on a lot of stuff. Um, the other is to do some shielding of yourself when you're in those situations. I mean, you are working in a hospital, so, you know, obviously part of your talent for helping, you know, people who are not, you know, they're not coming to you all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the hospital, but... Um, the way that you can also help yourself is shielding yourself. So thinking of yourself in a big ball of white light. Um, sometimes if you're dealing with, like, let's say, negative coworkers, you That's, might want yeah. to you want you might want to put yourself in what you would see more as a disco ball that's mirrored, so that whatever they're throwing at you is bouncing back to them. It's not oh, penetrating painful. your field. Okay, so it's bouncing back to them now. You can do the bouncing back to them from a low vibrational standpoint, which is bouncing back to them tenfold, and they get what they, you know, their karmic debt beating you up with their thoughts. Or you can do the <laughs> little bit more evolved version of that where you can bounce their thoughts back to them with love so that it transmutes for them and then they're not pretentious, you know, they're less likely to be throwing more daggers your way that they somehow, when you start to send people their stuff back to them with love attached. It's amazing how it tra- can start to transmute and soften those people, and you can like tame the wild boar by number one saying my energetic boundaries are here, and you're not allowed to penetrate those. And number two, I'm sending this whatever dagger you just sent back to you with a little packet of love attached. Help yourself, and they huh. you'd be amazed to see how they soften. So I would say try those two those two tools and see how it goes. Perfect. Just helps. what I needed. Yes. Thank oh, you so much, Mari. Awesome. Oh, you are so welcome. You're so welcome. Have a great night, Patty. You too. Thank you. Okay. So um, let's go to Vicki in Utah. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Mari. Hi. Hi, Mari. This and is Vicki. Yeah, Are you there? Yep, I'm okay. here. I'm here. Okay, I'm sorry. Question. Um, thank you for taking my call. And I, I've got your book, and I've been reading it, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Oh, good. Thank you. My question is, how do you differentiate in your intuitive thoughts um, fear, whether it's a neg- it's negative, mm-hmm. and with it being real, like, 
when I think of, there's one particular person that when I get an intuitive hit, I'm always thinking of fear and something bad is going to happen. So I mm-hmm. try to shut off any thought towards, well, there's actually a couple. And I, I think I heard at one point if there's um, negative in your intuition, it's not real. But I, it's like I get a gut feeling that something's going to happen and it's going to be bad. Yeah, and, and there's a difference between negative as in just, you know, negative, you know, um, a negative feeling about someone and a premonition that something that we would identify as negative is going to happen. You know, yeah. so so those are two, sometimes two different things. So um, when, you know, the, the there's a couple of things. It feels like you're intuitive anyway, like you're very, very highly intuitive to begin with. And um, you can, like, if you're getting, for instance, um, one of my old friends used to get nosebleeds, and, like, when she had a nosebleed, there was, like, a massive disaster, like a tsunami or an earthquake in Chile, you know, something that's killing, like, or the earthquakes in Haiti, like, she would get these horrible nosebleeds, and we're, like, watching the news the next day because she would get these, her body to take on the group consciousness and the and the and the shifts, those dramatic shifts in the earth. She was that connected to the earth that she could feel the platelets and she knew that when she was like her physical body was showing the shift, right? Um okay. she happened to be Native American and all that kind of stuff too. So that's one thing. Um, you know, assuming it's not that dramatic but you're getting that type of premonition type of thing, then you can ask for those premonitions to stop unless it's involving you directly to keep you out of harm's way. Like, I know for myself, I'm hyper, hyper, hyper um, sensitive because I do this work full time. Um, uh-huh. So I have, you know, people say to me, did you know someone's always going to die? I'm like, no, I don't tune into that. I just make a choice. To, okay. You can actually put up shields and just say, you know, I'm choosing unless I'm going to need to be kept out of harm's way. I make a choice. I just don't get disastrous. I don't, I just don't, you know, I, I don't get normally tune in unless it's something you know, super massive. I could feel something the day before, something then, you know, oh, that's what I was feeling, okay? Yeah, and they had, like, the intuitive, intuitive part was like being an empath, too, when you can intuitively feel their pain and feel everything that's going on with them. It's like, stop it. But I guess, I don't know. So, so when I'm doing mediumship reading and, um, the the person who's crossed over is trying to show me their point of death, the point of departure, and how they died. When I first started doing those readings, I would get that piercing pain in my head, or a piercing pain in my, you know, whatever happened to them, they died of an aneurysm or a heart attack or a crack, you know, broke or whatever. I would feel it because they were they weren't sure how to communicate with me yet, and so I finally said, "Show me, don't lose me." Because I was in a professional situation, right? So you can tell the energies that are coming to you. Listen, because remember, it's just like if somebody's trying to tell you bad news all the time. You're like, okay, stop. Look, here we go. I'm not going there anymore. You're bringing my vibration down. I'm sorry. I need to shut this down now. You can do the same thing in the energy. Okay. Okay. And as I read through your book, yeah, as I read through your book, some of your, I'm only like in chapter three, so your books really help me tune in and and articulate how to use these different gifts that I feel I have, correct? Oh, absolutely. And um, towards the 
that part of the book, it has specifically how to discern positive versus negative guidance and what to discern between intuitive and mental analysis, you know, your mental stuff and your actual genuine intuition and how they come in differently. So there's a whole there's a whole thing in there on that as well. So it, it, it'll get you pretty far. Um, also, Great. next week, I'm glad you brought that up. Next week, I will be doing a live stream all about the book um, next Thursday. And I will also be launching an online, uh, the free version of my online training course for the book as well next Thursday. So there will be more support for you for you there. So it's like a three-part video training course about that stuff too. So I think that, um, in fact, one of the videos is just about that topic. So that's good. So next, next Thursday. So you'll hear more about that. Just make sure you're on our email list. All right? Oh, I will. I am. I Great. Thank okay. you, Mari, very awesome. much. Thank, thank you so much for reading the book. I'm very excited. Thank you. Have a great night. Okay. Well, everyone, can you imagine? I've been talking now for an hour. I believe well. I guess it shouldn't be such a surprise to myself. <laughs> I love the talk. Anyway, um, I am very excited about everything coming up. I did forget one other announcement. If you are in the California area, I will be doing my first live appearance and my first live book signing at the Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles on this coming Sunday at 12 o'clock. My publisher actually has a booth for me, so I'll be sitting at the booth signing books, and I'll be giving a a presentation um, on how to ignite your aha factor. So if you are in the California area in L.A., It'll be at the um, Hilton at LAX, the Hilton, um, you know, at the airport. And so I would love to meet you. It's a huge conference. I think it goes on for several days. And, you know, pretty big speakers are there. But um, I would love to meet you in person. So if you're going to be in town, that would be really awesome to meet you. And I'll be sending out um, an email about that to make sure you're on our list at theahaway.com. Um, you can sign up for the list there if you're not already there. And... Um, and I think that's it. Next week is our live stream. We'll be hearing more about that. And I think that's it for today. So have a great week. And we'll end with my motto, which is you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it too. And in this new energy, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. You've been listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show with your host, Mari. Be sure to visit her blog and website at www.ahamomentsinc.com. That's A-H-A, moments with an S, inc.com. Also join Mari on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ahamomentsinc and Twitter at twitter.com slash ahamoments. We can't wait to see you there.